you can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price of participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Today we have Stephen Moy, the CEO of Barbarian in the New York City area. Stephen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Barbarian is a, I don't know anybody know Barbarian actually, over 20 years old. Came out from Boston, Massachusetts. You know, back then, uh, I, I was there uh, competing with them when I was a sapient, uh, another company, another really groundbreaking company. And uh, Barbarian, I think they uh, make them famous. It's during 2003. If anybody remember the Burger King campaign, Subserving Chicken, uh, we oh, built yeah. a viral interactive website uh, when people can go, you know, visit the site. And put on the moves for the, for the chicken to dance. <laughs> that was twenty two thousand three. At the time, that was pretty. That was pretty groundbreaking. That was pretty yeah, bleeding yeah. edge. Yeah, that was pretty bleeding edge, right back then. Remember the you know internet, remember dot com bubble, web, new economy, or whatever you call it. Way right back then, you know that was pretty groundbreaking and having that kind of interactions. Uh, you know, we of course the 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 engineering. Team like map uh, probably over thousands move so the, the, of course the chicken not live now you you know you can get on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram right. do live right now you can dance live against a chicken yeah exactly no problem no problem forty years ago you have to be record <laughs> uh, you know like oh go do do moonwalk or whatever I mean whatever dancing move and you have to record it. Uh, so you know, you imagine now you can do it like you and I can pull up TikTok and do it right now. So right, about exactly, that. and you can go viral. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you're not. So tell me a little bit about Barbarian and your history, because you're not the founder. You took no, over. No, I'm not. I took over. I took over exactly three years uh, ago. Uh, my background quite interesting, right? I mean, you know, roughly, I would say uh, first ten years. After my engineering and computer science training, first 10 years, I actually was a software engineer. <laughs> but, but back then, it wasn't as cool as now. I mean, I should have, you know, I could have joined. Oh, you were a tech nerd. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a tech nerd. I, I got an electrical engineering uh, undergrad, uh, and then I did a master in computer science. When I studied computer science, the internet just came, came along, and, you know, AOL, you know, uh, university using email, and that, that was... That was then, right? So all the engineering discipline, but when I studied, was more, more in mathematical model, um, a lot of formal languages they call, it. and also you know, uh, have you seen the movie Imitation Game mm-hmm. uh, by uh, ben- Benedict Cumberbatch? Talk about during during Second World War how you decipher the code. Oh and, yeah, the, yeah, uh, the, uh, yeah. Uh, Alan Alan Turing. So yeah, Alan Turing. Yeah, yeah. I studied a touring machine. That's what oh. the basis of computing, how the machine actually kind of the unit basis of everything. And uh, that, that was what we say in school. I'm talking about in the 90s. Right. Uh, the touring machine is a you know fundamental of any computer science uh, right. that we 
study. So of course, uh, you know, I, I cannot claim I'm as cool as today, like a lot of uh, engineer, you know, joining Tesla or, you know, all those <laughs> higher value companies. But, but also by chance, I joined Sapiens um, after, you know, that journey as a software engineer, knowing how to uh, build internet. I built my first credit card transaction in 1997 for a publishing company back then, but pretty cool, right? You know, so finally people can pay online 1997 oh, so let me let me get this straight you were there for the dancing chicken and the first credit card transaction yeah yeah yes yeah. so seeing all of uh, aol you know, a lot of those <laughs> changes uh, yeah exactly and then um internet right and uh, i think my most uh, most uh, definitive moment for my career was i joined sapient uh right before 2000 i think 1999 also, I got my MBA by then. I, I'm always curious, learning guy. Like so, sure. At night, so you jo too. you joined Sapiens as a tech or as a CEO? Uh, as a techie, I, I was a director of technology back then. Okay. Meaning, we you know, everything we do has a technology component to it. Right? Absolutely. Like back end, how you how you uh, integrate your e-commerce engine to your order fulfillment engine provisioning. So I still remember my first big assignment was Nextel. We're building nextel.com back then, you know, the telco company now, the Sprint now, but bad thing, right? You have the proficient selling, you know, the, the walkie talkie. That was that was fun. That was fun. Led like a couple hundred people to build it. Uh, so I, I was a, always te technology first uh, and also focus on delivery, meaning completing the project, like very complicated sure. project. And that the client highest. So that, that was a pretty game-changing moment. Learn a lot about creativity, learn a lot about managing a PL, learn about, about uh, working yeah. working with a client. I mean, they all have different needs. Yeah. And there was never no right and wrong answer, you know, John, right? Like right. they have a project, they have walk out in their politics, they have things they could not do, they have things they could do. Right. So of course, it's not like working with a startup. You just have a blank canvas. But especially bigger the company, uh, more I would say more bureaucracy you have to deal with. Yeah. Right, helping them to be successful. And more politics too. Especially how that's that's the part I learned the most. How you innovate even within the four walls. Let's fast forward to Barbarian. Why were you hired yes. three years ago? You were hired as CEO. Why were you hired at that point? Yeah, so the back then there was uh, they were looking for Chell, which is our holding company, acquired okay. by Baron ten years ago, uh, and then ever since they acquired by Baron before my time, uh, the other co-founding member left. You know, just a lot of different dynamic going on, and they couldn't reposition Barbarian in the market that uh, focusing on technology and creativity. Uh, I was recruited when I was at LGA, which is another iconic digital agency. I was a CTO, chief technology officer. Uh, with them for over two and a half years. And uh, recruiter contacted me and mentioning, oh, they're looking for someone like you. Because before I was a CTO at LGA, I also was a CEO for another digital agency overseas in, in London. So I have some CEO experiences. I have some managing a P&L experiences and I have a long history in the digital marketing and digital transformation. Uh, so when I, I got recruited, I got many offers. Uh, Barbara is one of them. I could have joined some other agency. <clears throat> and then I decided, oh, interesting. I think that's an opportunity because I do believe in the market today, which prove I'm correct. 
we call it nimbler, faster, and also focusing on fast transformation for our client. So I we designed a barbarian in a way. I, I want to be fast with craftsmanship, and also I want to price appropriately, you know, so our client can explore and experiment transformation without like not everything gonna cost you ten million dollars, right? You know, and that doesn't make sense either. Well, so I designed a company that way, and then uh, uh, good news is, unfortunately, uh, we've been placed. Uh, growing and successful for the last three years. I'm curious, how do you define or measure either growth or scaling? Because people do it differently. Well, we we um, we we do the you know um, we have the traditional way, right? The top line revenue. Profit. Yeah, gross revenue is an obvious right. way, and uh, that's important, right? For everybody, you need profit to invest. So, so that those are the two key uh, indicator, and also I measure how do we map to our corporate strategy? Because when I talk about Barbarian, it was, I would say more a digital marketing campaign um, agency, meaning doing only one thing. Okay, let me create a campaign for you and help you launch it. And we chose to, I chose to, with working with the leadership team and design a little bit more full service because our client is more than one campaign. Right? You don't want to be right. a long lasting brand. You require some, maybe some digital ecosystem planning, like, oh, do I enter TikTok? How do I connect everything together so I can reach the new audience, the young audience and TikTok and drive them to, you know, my retailer or my.com so I can transact and create a relationship with you. From there, then to launching a campaign, it's important, right? It's the sea of sameness. Everybody has similar product. Like, how can you compete and differentiate yourself? We do that. How about the strategy, the, the digital strategy behind it? Not only one campaign, you need maybe, you know, evergreen or always on conversation like today's world. More like all, always on. It's not more than just Super Bowl campaign and then you're gone. Like, But people forgot about you, right? So those are the thinking we have to build out. So we look at as an ecosystem. So we build up our organization, create the services to help our client at every single stage of their transformation. So I will measure also the revenue mix. Have we we created this new offering? Are we successfully to position helping a client using those services? So I saw looking on my revenue mix. It's important to me because if, if you like, for example, you you're so good at digital campaign when I talk about the shop, but probably you see over index there. I would love to see are we moving our organization, pivoting our organization in a certain way. So we look at revenue mix. It's one of the key measure. Uh, we also look at uh, turnover uh, and also availability utilization. Those are important, right? Turnover, everybody dealing with it, the great resignation. Yeah. Why people leaving us? How people, how people, why people staying with us? So we chose to focus on people staying with, with us. So we focus on investing into our people. So we also have programs, KPIs, measuring, hey, are people happy? Why are they saying when I say that? Things like that. So that's a hard metrics and soft metrics, if you will. Hard sure. metrics is classic PNL, right? Top line, bottom line, margin, right. you know. Do you set up the retention um, efforts to, to force, not force is the wrong word. Is it a forcing function to have people opt in more fully or opt out because they say, I don't really want to do this. Do you set it up that way? So that they're at choice instead of here's here's the here's the difference. Um, these days we're seeing a lot of companies that that are banking on what I call an employee experience company. 
let's just provide everything and coddle them. And what I'm what I'm seeing is a lot of people take what they can get. And then when they get bored, they say, I found a different, better employee experience and they just leave. And there's no, there's no investing. I'm curious, what's the commitment or what's the invitation from your side that has them opt in and say, this is a place I could really pursue mastery perhaps, or, you know, I'm not not really that that interested. Yeah, we, we are learning, still learning. We, we had set up certain way, like to your point, especially during COVID and during the great resonation. Right. Right. We basically almost to the point like whatever the employee want we we saw it like right. do, do you really we we we've been working you and I have been working for many decades and never seen anything like that like I have people we sign it's not about money they just say I'm I'm burnt out or I want to spend more time with my family they are not looking for another job they just don't have it you know? they just want to take time off yeah yeah that's like a sabbatical uh. I have very senior member, like I, I still want to take some time out. They took time, three months off and, and we entered the labor. It was very unusual, right? It, so it's not more than money. You, you, you know, more than customer, uh, the employee experiences. So we, we oriented after we see that and also try different tactics. Some worked, some didn't work. We, we oriented, this is the time we double downing on. As I remember, I told you my company is focusing on create the future faster. Yes. I look at for our clients. That's what I told my client, also for our people. So one thing I told all my team, why don't we turn Barbarian as a career development engine? Meaning when you come join Barbarian, we focus on individualizing, building a career plan. Some people want to be a CEO. Some people want to be the best of the craft. Let's focus on creating, identify work, allowing opportunity for them to participate so they can build a craft. Right. So that's working for actually focusing on that instead of just throw more perks or you know free lunches. You know, it's not about that. You and I know it's not about that. Even you give them Uber to come to work, it's not about that. People just feel like so. I can only speak for my company when we start focusing on individualizing, building, focusing on one-to-one career planning. I have I have a very senior member like they do life coaching too. Well, we almost like. Why don't we, we have so much experience. Why can we offer more than just building career, like how to do with life and things like that. So far, I would say for us, I cannot speak for any other industry, any other, even my comparison. For us, so far it's good. And so that's, that's, and you, you measure that by your retention is better doing it that way than doing the, the yeah. employee experience deal where you just threw more crap at them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, so far, we see less people resigning, people really enjoying the work. Now, of course, we're still learning, right? You don't want, because we, we are at the stage very interesting. If, like, for example, there, there's so many debate earlier this year. Do you ask people to come back to the office? I chose not to. I have my office open. You can come and go. I go in a couple of days. Two days to happen. I'm working from home. Naturally, people will show up like yesterday and two days ago. Like you see a bunch of people that are coming in. They want to. They want to meet, meet their colleague. They work there. But interesting, I saw other, not my company because I never did that. In my industry, one day earlier this year, right, uh, March, April. Well, we opened. Everybody come back. People laughed. Yeah. You heard. Remember the financial service is even more brutal. Is that I hire you to come to work. Remember some right. banking. People right. started leaving, and then they saw. I my opinion. For the most. The most Let, let's emphasize, right? Like you get a little bit more flexible because yeah, the, the most blatant was because they published the whole email on the internet was Elon Musk saying, "Get your ass back here, and you're required to be here at least forty hours a week." 
And really, we work an 80-hour week. He didn't say we work an 80-hour week, but he said you better be here at least 40. It's like, wow. So we are in a, in a very interesting stage. Like, we're, I think new, no, long story, I believe the new work spaces will be a little bit more hybrid because we, because I look at productivity when we were completely virtual or now we're more hybrid. We have not dropped productivity, meaning we see we over delivery a lot of projects. We look at the timesheet, people booking a lot of hours. So it's cut. My opinion is to the contrary to a lot of belief, you have to go to the office to improve productivity, which is not. Now, one thing still limiting, uh, of course, we still try to balance it. How we maintain that uh, water cooler conversation, right? we're a little old school, use a water cooler conversation. Yeah. We got a lot of creativity. When I was in the office right, before COVID, you a lot of idea walk by my CFO and said, hey, what do you think about that idea? You know, you, you still missing kind of that. Uh, and we try to strike the right balance. So we are thinking about one day a week, like I'm gonna go in every Wednesday with my executive team. I see other department may schedule around it, like either come in or yeah. they come in Tuesday. That's the team meeting. Yeah. That's a better model. How do you celebrate what I call micro wins, which are the things when you pass by somebody's desk and say, "Hey, I heard you. I heard you got the uh, such and such contract accepted. Good job." It's not a big announcement. You don't tell the whole company, but it's the stuff that happened on a day to day basis. And it happened because people were in close proximity to each other. How do you celebrate those smaller wins that are not momentous, but add up and connect people? Yeah, great, great question. So we um, we have a couple main platform of communications, right? We use Slack. Yeah. We have a Slack oriented company. Email has become more secondary. Like because Slack, you got that whole real timeness and more broadcast. So, you know, because, you know, if you look at... Uh, Asynchronous model, like an email is an asynchronous tool, right? But at one point, I remember doing a live, like not too long ago, like you reading email, answering email. Bit. Now it become a secondary. I, I we use Slack, so a lot of uh, micro moment. We have a general public Slack for all employees, including freelancer. We would communicate that way. Uh, we do do uh, weekly. We have a happy hour on Thursday. Try to maintain that, you know, uh, you know, in person or get together, and that's. Uh, so we we have Zoom, but sometimes we have people in the office and dive into the happy hour. Every every Thursday we have a different topic. We have one of our employees or a guest like talk about like a few months ago we had Chuck D from Public Enemies. Oh sure, did Chuck D? Yeah, we invited him. He came in talk about uh talk about NFT and also talk about like creation, right? You know yes. these guys like creating. So we have guests like that. Uh, I last week we have someone show you how to bake an apple pie right so that that's a humanized and getting together uh we do have a monthly town hall like last night uh we, we hosted a town hall every last thursday of the month we survey we do announcement we celebrate birthday and like for example yesterday we talk about what we've seen we went to kent uh, can you know finally they reopen after the pandemic, right? Can it's a big deal for creativity, it's a festival celebrating creative work around the world. So, we, 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 we have, I have my most senior guy, um, you know, one, uh, my chief creative officer, and also with chief strategy officer, they presented what how we digest all the information, what are relevant to us. So, those are important trends, right? So, our people, when they say, oh, okay. You know, wow, you know, the, you know, this from, from what I heard from Stephen, like, for example, I told the people, yeah. the most surprising at Ken Lions is two companies to me, Amazon and TikTok. 
they came from almost from nowhere three years ago. Now they're number three and number four advertising platform in the world. Yeah. Number one is Google. Number two is Meta. Meta is on Instagram, WhatsApp, and you know Facebook. Yeah. Those two lion's share, but number three is Amazon now. Because you know how a lot of product search is not starting from Google. People open Amazon app and open Amazon. product. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So they reach $33 billion wow. advertising spend. TikTok, even crazier, $11 billion. Because now people looking for product, the younger generation, they actually open TikTok to look for product. My, my wife is on TikTok. She she does unbelievable. She's She's a physician. And she she does everything on TikTok because that's where her exactly. audience is. Yeah. Exactly. And then and now if you uh, there's a lot of study, right? TikTok be, becomes the fourth platform with active user over 1.5 billion yeah. people. Think about that, right? And then average viewership two to three hours a day. Yeah, she's she's on it all the time just because it's she enjoys it. She just watches, you exactly. know. So can you imagine why Netflix is not enough with renewal subscriber people people watching yeah. TikTok? Yeah. So so without that was like the, the key learnings, right? And also how guy a company should we invest? We already see a lot of um uh projects from a client on TikTok. So we're very sure. actively invested in TikTok content creation. How about yeah. Amazon? All the CPG company asking me as even what do you think? They all need to somehow sell through Amazon. Completely new platform. Think about it. Instead of like you know building your own or complementing your own, so that's those are the key trend. Not only helping me to guide the company, what's the next investment, but having that information with our team, so they they are aware. Oh wow, that's why we're working on TikTok. It's the fourth most important advertising platform. Sure. Got the reach to sure right. So a lot of that. So. No, we do that. So we we suit combining a lot of different techniques. Understand. Uh, listen to people, like are people like, hey, is that working? And some people love to come in like for the town hall because we got a lot of uh, catering. Like that that's the only time we brought in some crazy food. Like we brought in some Chinese food because I told them, oh, you should try Chinese food. So we have some dumplings yesterday and uh that that, that was fun. So yeah. you know, I I'm not suggesting this this could work for any company. So tell me about your your biggest, um, your most painful lesson learned, and what was the tuition you had to pay to learn it in terms of scaling or or ramping up growth? Well, I think with all the you know academic or professional training led up to COVID, I think twenty twenty is a very, I would say, um, the the craziest learning experience that I have ever yeah, there's had. no there was no model for it. We didn't know what to nobody knew well, what to do. I remember the COVID isolation didn't help and then you have all the social unrest right even more uh impacting our culture. Remember BLM and all variety. Yeah all that was happening at the same time. All that yeah. all hitting the same time. Remember the like two say two years ago I remember like we every week I needed uh I have like all hands session talk about how to do with like uh BLM like George uh for you know the the ruling right of, of that decision from from our government or from from a you know the court and, and you, you need to talk about it because we, I we, we didn't know so one thing I learned the most is finally I admitted you know to myself because it used to be the first time I was a CEO everybody expect the CEO knows everything sure no I thought 
you and I talk about finally I I I have to acknowledge and admit it. I really don't have the answer. And actually that turned out to be quite receptive response that I don't know. I really don't know. A lot of people ask me, well, how should we respond? I really don't know. No one knows. It doesn't make me feel bad. We should have some more training or some more, hopefully we learn from that. But so, so during that time, there's a lot of social unrest uh, combining with isolation and also the overwork. It's interestingly, it, actually, I work more with Zoom when I work from home. You know, starting from now, you know, you, you actually back to back, back to back, back to back. You, I actually work more when I compared yeah, to when yeah. I get to office, yeah. I kind of walking around and talking to people. So how you balance all that, right? And the stress level when before um, vaccination, remember that time? That was a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah people were afraid to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Don't go home during Thanksgiving. Of course, people ignore it. Say, don't, right? You know, you're going to kill. Uh, you're going to kill grandma. Yeah, you're going right. to kill grandma. Was I know a lot of people left the company because of that burnout. Like, really, I, I cannot deal with this. In New York, I'm paying a premium. That's no any services. They all like packed the bag. That's like, see, man, I'm done. They moved to, like, you know, you heard, sorry, like Colorado, Denver, or, or more, yeah. the, more, a um, little bit, you know, more relaxed area. And now, you, of course, now in the society or you can't, the economy reopened, and you see people moving back. Like, we all have a different problem now. You yeah. should have too many. Rental now we have not enough. You have no rentals rent. in New York. That's yeah, really bad. Rental gone within an hour. Seriously, yeah. long line. People make offer like twenty. So I think the most learning during that time the uh, the acknowledgement and actually showing humanity and the vulnerability. What at least for me was a key to guide my team through. And then as well, that's interesting. Team, and that was yeah. some that was something that was counterintuitive because you weren't supposed to do say, I don't have a clue. How would I know? Exactly. I remember when I first got executive training long ago when I was a sapien, I still remember the training was, you want to be a CEO, you got to be a very lonely person because you don't need to show any emotion. <laughs> very content today. Like, okay, you can't again, discuss anything with anyone. Yeah. Remember, you don't show a lot of emotion. You don't discuss a lot of data because especially a lot of data are confidential, could have right. ramification for Wall Street, all the good stuff. Right. You were taught to be very... Right, yeah, right, authoritative. Like, and people expect your leadership to have a answer. Today, actually, I think better leadership is be become more human, show more empathy, and also acknowledge you don't know what you don't know. And and a lot of especially younger or just like reaching to Gen Z marketing to them, a lot of my employees are under thirty years old. They find that more authentic. Actually, they believe. In you then I'm providing lip service. Oh yeah, everything would be fine. Like, no, you tell them why we're doing certain thing and explain the purpose behind it. Kind of kind of internal marketing. If you use the same digital marketing right. technique with your employee almost identical. Because they are the same group of user, right? They are the one browsing sure. TikTok looking for product. So authenticity, you've probably heard about, about people focusing a lot, brand focusing purpose. Same, same here. So we, we, at least, me and my leadership find that more effective to build uh, our community, if you will, or building uh, uh, that, that kind of uh, leadership uh, for our people. So those, those are the key learnings. How did that go uh, over with your leadership team? Was there any resistance? 
No, no, I, I'm, I'm fortunate. Of course, uh, I have some natural turnover when a new CEO came in. I have a couple of natural turnover. I was fortunate to be able to handpick, hire a few individuals really believe in the vision, what kind of company I'm building. Fast, with craftsmanship, I care about people because uh, we see a lot of our, no product, don't get me wrong, profit is still very important, but I want to do both people and profit. Right. When you focus on too many uh, on people and then you you, you become a non-profit, you cannot reinvest. Right. In You're not a non-profit, right. Exactly. But to focus on profit, people will leave. So how you strike that balance, I'm still learning. Honestly, yeah. I'm still learning. Because I need to try the right balance. Because without profit, I cannot invest. And then, but with, uh, you know, but without people, I cannot create more profit. So very right. interesting dynamic. I'm fascinated with this emphasis on speed as kind of your, your you know, it's your foundation. Um, if you'd share your, I mean, you have like a tagline or a, a command or a, a rule in your organization. <laughs> but walk me through how that has play a big a big part or no part in your increased growth or your increased scaling because you what do you, you call oh, it build the part. future faster or how do you yeah, say it create the future faster uh has been a big part actually it's a, a very unique post for us is we we kind of position it that way because i i've been working in the industry for, for quite some time and I cannot believe building a website me two years. You know where we're living. How could that be? Like, like come on. <laughs> you can get a website up in about yeah, about two days. Yes, right. So I've I've seen that. Like, how could that be? Right. Millions of dollars to you know watching all the disruptors, especially Salabate. The website keep changing every day. So that got to be a right balance. So that's a, that's one dichotomy. I look at look at contrast all the time. So I think speed is an advantage. Especially it, it, when we started thinking about it and then COVID hit, right? You see all of a sudden, all the reinvestment into e-commerce, all of a sudden you see website coming out, right? All, all the, uh, proven to be by by luck, by chance, we, we were correct the position fast. And then I still remember um, we had a client came to us 2020, right? They said, hey, Stephen, I want to do so, social commerce. Unheard of 2020. We did it in four months. That's the speed I'm talking about. Because we have certain deadline we have to hit. They want to hit the fashion week before Alibaba Singles Day. And also because those are key moments for them. Right, and if you miss it, you, you got to wait a year. Exactly. So you, you miss them a year. So we, it's a forcing function to your point to focus on what matter. We got a lot of time. I see a lot of a long, prolonging project people doesn't want to cut any requirements down because everything needs to be, everything is requirement this up. You have to prioritize what's most important to you. Just like building an e-commerce site, only seven pages important to you. The other one don't be important. Your landing page, the home page, your product category page, like how many products you have, product detail page, check out, make sure they can buy. Where's where's my stop order? Right? And store locator. That's it. Right. But anything else may not matter. I'm not oversimplifying, but you know, you know I mean sometimes you have to work with your client like Emphasize what pick the most important, pick three things. Cannot be 30 because you will never so get is, it done. Is the strategy then to move as fast as you can and and get it started and then add as you go and put the extras yes. on once you're in the door? Yeah. So I call experimental innovation. I, I told my client, right? right. You, you try. It moving so fast. I still remember a lot of people 
asked me just not too long ago, 18 months ago, should we do TikTok? Now TikTok is a thing. Just like now everybody asked me NFT and manifest. I said, the only way to find out, let's try it. Because you keep thinking about it. You already missed the window, right? Right. You're already late. Rather, yeah. Right. Exactly. I rather, you know, I call it, that's why experimental, right? Because if your boardroom is asking for an answer, well, why don't you do, create a three-month pilot and see how does it fit, right? And like, so we've emphasized on that, that experimental innovation, of course. So it has been proven quite successful. Also, it's a mindset helping the client to cut, 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 like focus on what matter, right? right? Because just like manifest, you can do probably 10,000 things. So what is most important to you? Is it uh, recruiting? Is it marketing? Is it e-commerce, right? Or is it just uh, the first in the category get into manifest, that that type? So we, we work with a client and to make that decision together. And then we design the, the I call that, we use sprint uh, copying from the software engineering or startup company. We do two-week sprint every two weeks. So yeah. we iterate. Let's see two weeks, what can we do? Like we are, let's assume like the first sprint is, okay, let's identify what what territory we should go design. Two weeks and the three territories. Okay, let's go again. So we keep on iterating. Sometimes you'd be surprised right, by maybe second iteration. Ah, that doesn't make any sense after we build that prototype and right? we right. show it to the user. They say, oh, that's no one going to use it. You know, that conversation. That helped de-risking it. Right, the risking right. investment and improving your success. That's why I, I. That's why the speed is not about just going fast. It's with, with craft and with the thinking. It's about experimenting. Uh, that that's proven at least for us that we we unlock a lot of growth. Uh, we apply that to a lot of new clients. We won. We're fortunate. We won eleven new clients in the last two years. Uh, we double our revenue. Give us some context for eleven new clients as as a as a function of how many. Total. I mean, do you have a hundred clients in the firm, or do you have a thousand? Oh, we have, we have we have about ten clients like actively working. We we did a lot of innovation type of. In some cases, we were fortunate to become their agency, right? So we, okay. we, we you're an outsourced agency. Yeah, and yeah. in some cases, say, oh wow, I really need to launch a, a product. Like we won a lot of award with uh, Candle Beauty, which is a LVMH uh, brand for Fenty. Uh, beauty when they launched the fragrance that is just one project right so they hire us like, can you do something groundbreaking to want it but we got we about 30 awards it was a uh, can you imagine when you launch a perfume the world lockdown you can even smell it. it's not like right. it's a new perfume so we designed we right who, who wore perfume during a pandemic you never leave the house exactly but <laughs> but this is for celebrity right can i mention her name but for a celebrity so we 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 uh, we we were inspired by Ghost uh, Kitchen in New York. I mean, you know, oh, sure. Kitchen, yeah. So why don't we create Ghost uh, Store? Because uh, that brand on Instagram have eleven million people. They would love to do scavenger hunt with you. That's how we every day we activate. If you follow us, you go to the micro site we build, and then the store open in Paris. Next day the store open in LA, and then every day we show different content by the creator, the the celebrity creator talk about how she created perfume. And then people actually sold out in a minute. It's become, uh, we won the drum and also digitally the best uh, powder launch campaign. Uh, yeah. So and we did that during that. the pandemic. During the pandemic. So for that, using that for example, that we, we never become the long like retained agency, more like, okay, I have another project for you. 
So right now we have uh, like 10 very uh, sub substantial active relationship with a little bit more long, longer, uh, longer term. That's why when I said, well, one, many clients, a lot of time come in, we did the perfect product launch for them. And then I'm waiting for the next wave to come in, you know. How big is your overall organization? We are about 100 people. About yeah. 100 people. So 10, 10 projects active with 100 people. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, of course, uh, you know, back then, we, you know, way back then, uh, you know, uh, coming out of 2020, we contracted a little bit. Everybody did, right? You know, we contract a little bit with natural people. Just remember, we talked about people that I don't want to work anymore. I'm going to go see my mom. Uh, and then, so we contracted to make sure we can sustain, kind of getting through that uh, that that valley. That that was a big valley. Remember, twenty twenty when we first met, yeah. like, right? And then we 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 just insane. We hire over thirty five people just for six months of this year. We still have twenty people to hire. We we could not even hire fast enough. That, that's yeah. a growth. So what's what's on your plate moving forward? I mean. How do you how do you keep scaling? How do you keep growing? How do you keep your impact and your profitability and your, you know, your your leadership development? How do you there's a lot of those things that sound like they're key ingredients. How do you keep them all moving in the in the right direction? Yeah, very, very good question. Uh I answer it in, in three ways. First, I, I uh completed my uh, leadership team, uh, the acknowledgement about I don't know everything. So I brought in uh an uh, old friend of mine helped us to do some team building exercise. It was turned out to be quite successful. In basically using, uh, what's that, um, Yale University Award, I forgot, one of those uh, positive, positive index instead of uh, Maya Briggs. So Pos we, positivity we, index, yeah. Yeah, yes. So we, we just completed the exercise, and it's because I have half of my leadership team are less than a year old. So you can imagine, uh, they're very experienced people, right? but also coming to I structure the company more like a startup. So we have a lot of new things going on. Like I'm constantly investing, exploring new ideas for you know, how can help our client unlock growth. So that was important. We've got a foundation. Now people get to know each other. Oh, you are this profile. I'm this, that profile. Sometimes as simple as that. But people forgot, right? Of course, when you have two similar animals together in the room, right? The type A, they behave certain way. But when I do casting, different pairing, Sometimes you need to provide that sage model or all the other techniques so for people to understand how to communicate, how to collaborate. Right. One thing about sage model, remember, is about 10%. Assume 10% he or she is right. We got a lot of people assume 90% he or she is not wrong. So how can you be more empathetic and receptive? So we we, we took on that idea. So turned out quite successful. We have a uh, a list of things I need to prioritize and basically just outside owner, we can very easily fix that. So those are the things sometimes we forgot. Like for example, we find our hiring process or we find our onboarding process, right? Integrate the briefing process. The, the, the brief should have multiple components in it for our agency to operate. So things like that. So for leadership development to answer the question. Second, I'm constantly, I'm that type of guy constantly, what's new for my client? What's new? How how we now, for example, NFT and metaverse. We've been thinking about it for the last probably however long when they become more relevant. Yeah. So we launched a new offering. Uh, we call it the Innovation Labs. It's how help our client to unlock those uh, answer some of the question, right? So we have Protoverse. As I mentioned, why why don't we prototype it and to see should you go on 
you know, decentralized and put up a store, we should prototype it. So we have that offering like four to six weeks. And then we just put something together and see how we go. Right. Uh, and then we call truly manifest is, oh, you already have a precedent there. But my opinion, how you connect the dot, you have digital, physical space, and then manifest how you connect that all that. What roles and responsibility? So there are a lot of strategy and implementation. And then again, into I call the utopia would be omniverse, right? You truly, you're building a brand. Right. Because I may be interacting with you one day to uh, Fortnite because I enter that world and then I come back out, try on my jeans in, in the physical store and go online, buy the cheapest, where I find the cheapest buy. That's how people work. I cut in and out of those dimensions. That's what I call uh, omniverse is online, offline manifest. So we, we launched new product using that for example. So I'm constantly looking for new ideas and then want to help our client unlock growth. So that can be going. And I'm a very curious person with with a comp with a yeah. well we open out and about talking to I learned the most is talking to someone like yourself, mm -hmm. my client, and uh investors, sometimes like all the private equity firms, well, what are, why are you investing in those companies? What what do you see in there? Like right. I'm trying to understand, right? I, for example, I see not a big fan of uh, cryptocurrency. <laughs> I just, I'm old school MBA. Like, I don't really understand it. Like, yeah, I don't no, really I understand, understand, but like, you don't have physical assets and how you do the valuation, that part. Like, right. all of a sudden, so you see the market kind of going in and out, right? Like, corrected right. a little bit. So I learned the most is out there interacting with people, especially my client. I learned the most because they are actually more forefront than me because they're dealing with Yeah, they're, they're, they're out taking the bullets. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why are the Gen C not buying my stuff? Like they're dealing with that, you know. Right. That, right. Why is my TV spot not working? You know, that right. type. Of course, I always, I, I was fortunate because I work across industry. So I right. see different patterns and connections. So I can say, hey, my the other client on the financial service, if they see the similar problem, this is how they approach it. Right. So a lot of that kind of will help me keep thinking. So I'm constantly on the go, like looking outward, but also teach myself don't look too far outward you know where we're living in right it used to be like remember five year planning four year planning 18 months best <laughs> maybe even months. Months. it's an eternity yeah exactly all right <laughs> remember it used to be like oh, give me a three-year roadmap yeah. no i can only see it's 12 months at best yeah. 18 yeah last question then we'll wrap up um tell us about the 12 year old or what i'll call the junior high version of steven that really is just a shorter version of you today as a CEO. Who were you like in seventh grade where oh, we could have wow. said, oh yeah, it's the same guy. It totally is the same guy. What were you doing in seventh grade that would have led us to who you are today? The, not the same guy, I would say. Uh, I was very introverted. I read a lot. I watch a lot. I consume content a lot. I watch a lot of TV. My, my mother told me when I was that age, you just put me in front of the television. And then they give me a bowl of rice. I just watch for 12 hours because that's how I consume content. So I think I was at the soft, like a stopping uh, knowledge mode. So I study, read a lot. I did very well at school. Uh, I don't talk to people. I'm never good at sports. So you will see a quieter version than this hand-waving crazy guy go out, talk to a client. Hey, let's talk about innovation lab. Uh, I, I think that was the foundation to define who I am today. I still have the trail. Like, I read a lot. Uh, but I, you know, I read soft form content because I don't have a lot of patience. You give me a book, five, it took me a year to read. I'm more like, oh, two pager, like, you know, that's short. Yeah, two, two pager. You, yeah, and you read the overview. 
All right, exactly. Like, ah, boom, boom, boom. Okay, TikTok, that's why those help, right? Very exacting. Yeah. I can, uh, got a problem. I like to see pattern and connection between things. That, that's I always looking for somehow unconsciously, maybe that's how I was brought up and trained. Uh, so uh, you will see a quieter version, very introverted, kind of, kind of nerd, uh, only by himself all the time. Not, I don't have a lot of, I still don't have a lot of friends, but back then I didn't have many friends and not that outgoing. Version if, we, if, if we had dropped in seventh grade, if we had dropped you at the junior high dance, you would have been mortified. And today, if we dropped you off yes. and said, Hey, you tomorrow morning, that company wants to meet and you need to go there at nine o'clock and lead a room. You'd be fine with that today. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we have us, I can go into <laughs> Yeah. If now you actually kinda of, you kinda of like it. Steven, thank you so much for uh joining us today. Uh always interesting to talk to an entrepreneur who's doing it on the front lines. Thank you. Thank you, John. Lucky Land Slots asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.